Welcome to Towards a Smarter World. This is your host, Cruz Saunders, and I'm here today with Aldolfo Hernandez. He is the CEO of SDL. He joined in 2016 and has been in leadership positions at IBM, Sun Microsystems, Alcatel-Lucent, and Ascision. SDL is the global leader and innovator in language and content management solutions with over 4,400 employees and serving 88 out of the top 100 global brands, SDL has grown operations to 39 countries. When he's not at the helm of a global company, he's undertaking adventures that demand those same qualities. In 2013, he and a crew of uh, nine others sailed across the Atlantic in 14 very interesting days. Adolfo, thanks for joining. Thank you very much, great to be here. What part of machine learning, machine translation, and artificial intelligence are we seeing take a role in today's enterprise? I think they will all um, play a big role. So if you look at the uh, changes that are taking place in today's enterprise from a content perspective, we're seeing changes in the content creation phase, we're seeing changes in the content translation phase, and we're seeing changes in the content delivery phase. So artificial intelligence, linguistic AI, all the translation management systems, machine translation, they will play different roles uh, in that. In particular, we see machine uh, translation to play a big role, giving us the super scale translation needs, if you think about so only 1% of the uh, enterprise content is translated by humans, so the other 99% is translated by machines. It's going to play a massive role. And then linguistic AI is going to play a bigger role on the content creation. So, so how are we going to get the processing, the understanding, and the generation of content? And then ultimately, it's also going to play a role on the delivery side of it, mm -hmm. understanding what the experience has to look like, understanding personalization, understanding what needs to be delivered to what individual, in what format, and what touch point, and in what language. So everything is going to be playing a big role. And this is what makes this industry so interesting and fascinating. Mm. And at SDL Connect, there's been a lot of talk about the content supply chain. What is the state of that supply chain today? And where does it need to go? And how does all this ML technology play a role in that future? Yeah, well, the, you know, the content supply chain sounds really uh, sort of sexy, but it, it really is doing to content what we've done to physical goods. So, so throughout the second half of the 20th century, whether you were in retail operations, you were in manufacturing, or you were in any other industry, you would have a well-defined, governed uh, supply chain that made businesses successful. Somehow we moved into the 21st century and we thought that chaos uh, would work. And, and, and it doesn't. So content needs a little bit of governance and it needs a sequence. It needs a sequence of what gets created, by whom, and what source, and what tools. How is that going to be created, thinking about the subsequent translation requirements? And as we're creating content, are we translating? And we're going to think about the layouts of the touch points. And the content supply chain is what's supposed to be articulating this. So we've come out with the concept of a global content operating model that is supposed to give that light governance, but some structure as to how these things have to happen. Current state, very varied uh, by companies. So some of them are still very siloed. Everything is done in isolation in different departments or different areas. Others are starting to say, well, yes, we are somewhat 
repetitive, so we, we now use some well-known recipes in different parts of the organizations. Others that are a little bit more advanced is what we call sort of the managed state, where things are sort of integrated and they make sense. And then over time, the few very successful ones, more advanced, they're in that sort of optimized stage where they really have processes that are really working well with each other, they're well oiled and things have been thought through. So you are creating content knowing that you are going to be translating it and you're translating it in an integrated fashion knowing that's going to be delivered. Over time, the next next frontier where no business that I know of is there is having ML and AI helping it adapt, right? This, this is what we call autonomous state, right? Where content will create itself, where content will start organizing itself, but that's something we'll have to get to in the future and something that we're working on. Exciting times for the change of content. I wonder what other trends in the overall space do you see that are not necessarily machine learning and AI related? Well, I think there is a phenomenon that might sound very mundane, but it's critical, which is hypergrowth mm. of content because the growth that we've seen in, in the proliferation of the content assets that enterprises, large global enterprises have to process, it's, it's going through the roof. And we've gone past the threshold where throwing humans at the problem was a solution. So we're getting into that area where there's no way we're going to solve it with humans alone. And I think that has huge implications because you have to use a lot more technology. You've got to be able to do automation. So, so a mundane thing such as growth is, is generating a lot of operational challenges and opportunities. The other thing that's happening is content has been originated in different parts of the world. So no longer is being generated by native English speakers. Uh, so the source content is changing because sometimes it's being generated in a different flavor of English mm -hmm. and sometimes it's being generated in another language. So, so that's introducing also some interesting nuances and ultimately the growth of Omnipoints uh, where the content has to get to is just really making the delivery phase. Um, more complicated. This is not about detecting what device you're on and adapting to the resolution of, of the screen. This is now way more complex, right? It's car dashboards, it's TVs, uh, there's some proprietary devices that some retailers might have. So that's, that's sort of adding, adding complexity. And I mean, for us, um, you know, we, we thrive in that complexity because we aim to simplify that for our customers. So yeah, good times to be in this industry. Amazing. And the penetration of SDL within the enterprises is very significant. And, and what parts of the enterprise do you see being affected by SDL products over the next five years? So traditionally, we've been quite close with the, the product owners, the product organizations at large. Sometimes that would be the engineering group. Sometimes that would be the product marketing group. That's sort of been the, the national space. Obviously, since we did the acquisition and integration of Donnelly Language Solutions, that has changed. They have traditionally worked with different buying centers, in, so they've been working more and more with, with the uh, general counsel side of the organization, with the financial department side of the organization. So they've been working with different people. So if you look at the suitability of the tools and the solutions that, that we build, they equally apply to the product department that they might do, to the finance department and to the legal department. So I think that's, that's kind of where 
where we're going to be engaging in enterprises uh, over the next few months. That's one of the interesting things I find about the SDL messaging and, and product suite is the, the movement towards convergence across content sets, and it's, it seems to be very heterogeneous within the customer base, that there's uh, folks coming from marketing, from technical communications, and now from legal and compliance, and all over the enterprise. Where do you think the biggest sources of pain are right now within those enterprise buyers? What kinds of messages are you hearing from customers about what hurts the most? In an extreme case, we hear some customers saying, our inability to repurpose and recreate and retranslate content quick enough is impacting our ability to do business in some jurisdictions. So some customers would directly link business performance or lack of business performance to inability to repurpose, recreate and translate and deliver content. So the very extreme cases, and you can think about some industrial companies where they're trying to bring some new goods, there's a new country, new jurisdiction, where you can't do that without having the right documentation at the marketing level, of course, from the sales, contractual information, support information, manual. So, so you can see how not having the content could stop some of these guys doing that. Mm. In other cases, people will complain about uh, the complexity uh, and how do they manage that content supply chain and how do they find the right content and how do they make sure that they're not recreating content that they already created somewhere else in the organization, they just don't know what it is. So they, they sort of talk a lot about inefficiency. And then there are others that are looking around quality, and quality could be the quality of the content that gets created, the quality of the content that gets, the content that gets translated, how it gets delivered, consistency of experience, consistent of the visual presentation, you know, it's not the same to write something in long German sentences that it would be to represent it in kanji. Right, so how do you make the layouts to be consistent, but also consistency around terminology? Right? How does, a, how does a, a company always sound the same? Um, we also hear some customers talking to us, they, they want to talk about tone of voice, because they, they want to always sound with the same level of formality, the same level of informality. So, so different customers, different problems, but I think the challenge for, for uh, a content globalization company like ours is we've got to be able to help them no matter what the problem is. And, and therein likes the, um, the beauty. Mm. There's a really interesting thread within SDL about the five future states of content, talking about content being self-organizing and agile, uh, secure and self-creating, and the best salesperson for the enterprise. What's driving those changes, and, and how is SDL enabling that, that shift? So. so when, when you are building a company's capabilities, like what we do in SDL, you need to know what you're solving for. And I think we would be doing a, a bad job if we were trying to solve for today's problem. So, so what we did with these five future states of content is we're trying to sort of plot into the future what we think the future is going to look like. So then we can, A, tell our customers what we think they're going and why, and B, plan our investments, plan our research and development, plan our uh, talent acquisition strategy, talent development strategy, our partnership strategy, so that we can deliver to that future, mm -hmm. right? So this is what's behind this Five Futures 8, and, and it's informing pretty much every decision we make. Mm -hmm. uh, so we look at, you know, is this 
driving towards that agenda or not. And it's given us a good avenue uh, to build our future. And I think it's given us a good tool to discuss with our customers mm -hmm. how, how, A, do they think that's the right place to be? Uh, and, and most importantly, they think it is, where are they on that journey and what help do they need? Mm. You know, the self-creating content was baffling to me when I first heard that. But as I've heard the story, it actually makes sense. And it, w it really triggered when I was hearing about the self-developing taxonomies. So the idea that, yes, we, we need to align our taxonomies, which is something A works with our clients on, is making sure that we've got unified taxonomies. But it's more than that. It's like, let's create machine learning layers that will graph that and create self-learning associations between content. That's pretty exciting, where content is helping to connect itself mm -hmm. to other content. So yeah, I think there's two sides to that, right? So you got the first side, which is the, the self-creation, right? So content will not create itself out of ether, right? It will create itself out of other existing content, mm. right? Which, which is where we bring in AI into, right? So we've got the linguistic AI that will use that. It will ingest some content that exists, and it will just permutate and generate different form factors. Uh, you know, over time, we might be able to change as well a different tone of voice version of the same content. We'll be able to extract uh, terminologies will be to extract key messages, to extract numbers, and, and do a lot of things. So that's that's one side. The other side is is the self-organization, which is the one that you were going to on, on the taxonomies. And, and I like to say, sort of in a really simplistic terms, it is about findability, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's about if, if you know what you've got, and if you know where it is, mm -hmm. then you're able to sort of self-organize itself, really, because it lends you find it lends itself to be found. Mm -hmm. And once it's found, it can be either recreated, reused, or repurposed. So we've got those two avenues uh, with AI, right? One to create and the other one is to organize. And we believe two, the two sides are the same coin. Interesting, really interesting. It's, it's, it's machines being involved with both the content itself and the semantics around the mm -hmm. content itself uh, for, for discoverability and, and for uh, customer journey acceleration and, and customer personalization uh, enablement. How do you expect customer journeys to change in, in the future? All of our users of these, of these CMS platforms are all creating experiences for customers, and those journeys are evolving. The, 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 our customers' customers, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what is that uh, journey changing into over time? I am hoping the journey becomes a more continuous journey. So I, I know as a consumer, well, when I go in and start doing my research of what I'm going to buy, I, I, I like to maybe, maybe I'm an exception, but I don't think I am, I actually like to go into the product reviews, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I start with the product reviews, and then I want to get a true understanding of what the product is, so I go into the product information, yeah. and, and then maybe then I'll go to marketing, right? So, so that journey today for me as a consumer is a rather frustrating one. There are very few brands that give me that journey in that, that way. And even if I started by marketing, then I'll end up having to go to a very different place to go about product information. So, so I think bringing continuity on the journey would be, uh, would be very, very important. I'll say that's even more important than personalization. And I think as an industry, we spend a lot of time on personalization, mm -hmm. but we have personalized a lot of fragmented journeys. Mm. I would have rather just have a continuous uh, journey and then personalize that. 
Uh, I think that's, that's, that's what we're hoping that it works. And then the second thing is we've got to make sure that these journeys work across multiple languages and that we understand that there is cultural things. So when you're looking at a Japanese buying experience, there's a lot more than translation. Yeah. Right? It has to be more zen looking like than a German site yeah. would be. And, uh, and, and those things, I think, we, we, we don't build those integrated, fully culture aware, fully globalized customer experiences. The mission, universal understanding mm -hmm. of content. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because this, this, this seems to be speaking to this deep need to create content experiences across channels is, is an enabling factor in creating this vision and, this, and accomplishing this mission that I've been hearing about. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so, so this at the core of the vision, right, is sort of delivering that universal understanding. And I think the vision is kind of what each company is trying to do in the world, right? So, so what are you bringing? And I think we're bringing in understanding. This is, this is something we sort of coined and launched the company with. We launched the company in, in 16, is delivering that. And then you do that through a number of things, obviously language. Uh, it's a key one. They were there today. We're also now doing accessibility because that's also universal understanding. And, and then the, it, it is all about how, how do we humanize all of this digital content, yeah. right? And, and, he, and, and that humanization is making sure that I understand it and to make sure that it speaks to me, speaks to my values. And, and if it's something that it's sort of a marketing thing, it really resonates with what with what you're expecting the consumer to do. Yeah. And if you're in Japan or if you're in France or you're addressed differently, is that sort of human subtlety and that we feel is still missing in a lot of the digital world, right? A lot of very vanilla, same for everyone. So this is, this is what we are. This is what we are operating as a company and I think it's quite a fulfilling vision to have. I love it, yeah. It, it's doing a, a service in creating a smarter world. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Last question, as, as a sailor, can you tell us about the parallels you see between enterprise content and, and sailing? Well, they're both fun places to be. Um, <laughs> that, that's for sure. Uh, they kind of cancel each other out because the more time I spend on content, the less time I have to spend on the boat. Oh no! Right. <laughs> um, but but yeah, there, there there's a number of things that is always I, I think it is is about life. Uh, so sailing is, is a lot about taking a read on the conditions, on the sea, on the wind, what's going to happen. And then you sort of have your plan, how you're going to sail, you're going to go upwind, you know, the, what sail configuration you have. And guess what? The conditions are never like in the forecast. Yeah. So you need to adapt permanently, right? You've got to adapt where you're going, you've got to change the tactics, you've got to instruct the rest of the crew to change things, put different sales configurations up. And I think the world of content is an element uh, uh, of that, right? So you've got to keep adapting and evolving. Then the, the other thing that you've got is there's never total certainty of what's coming next, right? So, so you've got to sort of take a leap forward and just say, okay, I'll act. And then you've got to be courageous on that. And, and then I, th I just think uh, they're both, I mean, if you're doing a, a regatta, if you've ever been in a, in a sailing regatta, it's as close as you can get to super, super, super stressful 
right? Because it's, you're really fighting for seconds, right? And to get a first round of boy. And that level of stress, I know we experience it in the content world permanently. Yeah, yeah. Because we get all of this work that needs to be done, whether it's translation or it's transcreation or is these engines, is go live. So, so they're both good uh, on adrenaline. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's a good parallel between two of them. It's fun. It's fun. And I guess it's one league at a time. It is. <laughs> yes. One league and one leg. One league and one leg. Thank you, Adolf. Appreciate the time. And, and uh, again, thanks for all you're doing to make the world a smarter place. Hey, no, thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay.